1: This man is with us though and I love speaking to him each and every week and now the A-League is set to introduce four new teams big expansion news uh, this week via the A-League Canberra and Auckland are set to join the competition in the 2024-25 seasons it's likely there's going to be another team from southeast Queensland as one of uh, two more sides added about 12 months later so big news in the A-League and Andy Harper joins us thanks to Channel 10 and Paramount Plus. Andy welcome. Um, How are you mate? What do you think of this expansion plan, please? Because uh, I want to ask you actually the way they're going about it. But first of all, is it the right time to expand, do you think?
0: Well, I'm firmly in the expansion camp, yes. Um, I'm not naive uh, to the problems that that potentially await, but the game's greatest strength uh, in a certain uh, level of discussion Mm is the breadth of appeal that it has, and the interest, uh, not just in Australia, but uh, in New Zealand as well, for for communities to have teams, um, and for people who are gonna fall in behind and provide that benefit for the community. Um, and it is one of the great talking points in Australian football. It's reflected in, in the level of discussion that this generates um, quite how important this strategy is. Uh, and so i'm i 'm firmly in the pro expansion camp. We just quite simply on a football level have way too many very talented youngsters coming through the the men and women's system who just don 't get a chance um, uh to to cut it at the top level um, and on that level uh, on that basis alone, expansion to me is mandatory but uh, it's not going to be without difficulties. Mm. And the last couple of expansion examples, and i 'll preempt your question. Uh, wouldn't have filled people with a lot of confidence. Macarthur and Western United are most certainly limping along in the last most two recent uh, expansion exercises. There's a lot of um, context that should be provided for that before people start, um, um, you know, calling for the body bags on this. But. But the fact of the matter is they've really struggled to get going and to make an impact, Not, notwithstanding the fact, of course, that the current A-League champions are one of those expansion teams in Western United.
1: Yeah, so just on this, so am I right to say, Andy, that the last time we went through this expansion <laughs> phase, the FA ran an open tender process, didn't they? So it was just, come at us with your offers, whereas this time, more, without uh, offending anyone, more homework appears to have been applied by the APL around specifically targeting markets they feel would give the team the best chance. Now, I would have thought that would be an obvious way
0: to go about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I support that approach. So, well, good on them for doing it. And I think the history of expansion uh, in the A-League should be looked at on balance. um, Hugely successful in a couple of instances, horribly flawed in a couple of others. Um, so it's probably a nil all draw, really, when yeah. you talk about um, uh, the success of expansion. But but the context was important. So the Western Sydney Wanderers was, was overwhelmingly the the, the 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 big success story of of the A League expanding, and that was a separate exercise uh, from any other program, just because of the size of Sydney. How many football? I mean, the place Sydney uh, is just a wash with people loving and playing football. The numbers are just frightening. So sydney fc had the monopoly on the market it wasn't helping them actually monopolies don't help in sport as we're seeing in brisbane that's a separate story um and sydney was sort of limping along um the sole custodians of this six million strong marketplace very clearly needed a team in the games heartland which was out in the western suburbs and, and football australia to their eternal credit managed that process very very well um Melbourne heart to Melbourne City, you'd have to say, of course, is an uptick as well as, as much as it is true that Melbourne City remain an enigma in a lot of senses, but otherwise you'd have to say that expansion or, or that change of ownership, but the expansion of, to a second team in Melbourne uh, has been hugely significant. The next level of expansion, with the, just quickly, was, mm. was was tagged onto that failed World Cup bid, you'll remember. So Australia in, around coming up to 2010, when the boffins in in Zurich gave the hosting World Cup rights of 2022 to Qatar. Mm. Australia was in that race. And contingent upon that, uh, that bid was Australia having the right number of 40,000-plus stadia. K- expansion went with stadium development or plans there too, and that brought in Gold Coast and North Queensland, right? North Queensland's now got a brilliant new stadium out of it, but just no football team playing there. <laughs> North Queensland Cowboys have cleaned up um, and the Gold Coast and North Queensland expansion, linked as it was to the need for a national stadium footprint, proved ultimately to be a flawed approach. And both those teams have bitten the dust. I mean, Clive Palmer, if he was at all interested in, uh, he, he could have, with his finance, maintained the Gold Coast team. And that needn't have been a failure if he was interested because that market could have worked. He clearly wasn't interested um, and that bit the dust. North Queensland was more difficult um, and that died as well. Now you've got the most recent one, which is MacArthur um, uh, and and Western United. And that was purely done on the basis that the game has to expand. And it was that open tender process. Hmm. And it, was, it, it caused a lot of gnashing of teeth at the time. Um, I'd like to think in the fullness of time, both clubs will represent very robust football communities. They're still growing parts of both cities. And growth corridors, particularly in Sydney with MacArthur. The new international airport's going to be in its backyard, and the, the, the change down there's going to be huge. But at this point, you'd have to say both are paddling, are waving for the life rafts.
1: Well, the de- just the last one on the expansion here, Andy. Now, the debate that comes up you know, each and every time, whatever the league might be or the sport might be when they expand, is is there enough talent? The, the, yes. Is the talent pool big enough to justify? And,
0: and is, that a, is that a risk and a danger? No. None whatsoever, and and people who aren't involved in in football, I can understand people who aren't involved mm. in the game looking at it maybe through the through the glasses of the AFL or NRL, depending mm. on what's what whether you're north or south of the Murray. Um, they do have serious talent quotients, right? How 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 much depth is there to spread around? There are so many people playing football in Australia. Uh, by a factor of four on the other sports, really. I mean, there are more people playing football, which gives you access to a talent pool, than all the other football codes combined. Combined, right? So, firstly, domestically, with with really entrenched state-based competitions, highly competitive, um, really there's enough players in in the existing markets to staff most of the new expansion teams. And and I've, I've said that forever. And I hold my hand on my heart on that point. People might disagree, but I don't think they're looking at it objectively. There are people playing this football to a good level right around the country. That doesn't even include, Sam, the international labour market that football presents. Rugby League and Aussie rules are seriously confined, firstly because of of the, the, the numbers playing in Australia compared to soccer. But that they can't go offshore to get their players. Rugby league can mm. to a certain extent, but not globally. So, so that the pipeline of players is the is the last reason not to expand. The very last reason.
1: Are they are they any good though? Are they at a quality that befits the top level of the sport in this country? Yeah.
0: Bloody oath they are. I mean, you only have to look at teams that go on a run <laughs> through uh, the football the BFA Cup competition, Football Australia, that the Australia Cup mm. it used to be called the FFA Cup. Um, most certainly, most certainly, most certainly, and for the for the for the talent that's identified out of the NPL as we call them, the state-based competitions, um, the only thing I would acknowledge, and this is not a problem, but it's true, would be a, a period of acclimatization from semi-pro to full-time professionalism. Um, um, but the number of kids who are playing in the Socceroos now, now, right? Jackson Irvine, as a classic case, never played in the A-League because there wasn't room for him. Yeah. There wasn't room for Bailey Wright, current soccer room. There wasn't room for Aidan Rustich, top-class player playing in the top. There wasn't deemed room for these guys. So the fact that, that you are going to have another two, then four, and, and I say why stop there, really, um, just means there's more room for the next generation Jackson Irvine. And to say that that the locals aren't good enough, if anyone wants to roll that out, they should wash their mouth out with soap. It's garbage.
1: We're speaking to Channel 10, Paramount Plus' Andy Harper on all things the world game. I want to talk to you about the A-League, the round starting tonight, Andy. So it's Adelaide-Wellington, they get things started. But I want to take you to tomorrow night's kickoff. Sydney FC, Western Sydney Wanderers. Now, I'll tell you what, there is no love loss between these two. I know they are split 1-1 on the season, but Steve Corica has accused them of a lack of class. Wanderer striker Brandon Borello branded Sydney bang average after last month's meeting. So there couldn't be any more. Fuel poured on the fire of this one.
0: You don't need you don't need it either. I mean, in Sydney uh, in this in this fixture it is it is really just the whole city. It almost has been set up over two hundred and fifty years of colonisation for the Wanderers versus Sydney FC. The mm. divide is natural between the east and the west on many fronts, uh, and both clubs to their to, to their commercial credit. Um, cotton onto that and, 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 and try and exploit it as, as they should. They have got very clear identities. They represent very clearly different parts of Sydney which just just by its own evolution has created uh, this perfect sporting contest. Um, when the A-League was in healthier times and I, I believe we'll get back to those. I'm very committed and believe in that deeply but, uh, but, but very clearly when, when the A-League was in better times just a few seasons ago uh, I can't speak for the Melbourne media market, but when I I chat with people in New South Wales who, who don't work in football, but they've radio, they broadcast radio programs and other sports, and this, that, and the other, even they were prepared, um, um, not kicking and screaming, but just to declare on their programs that the Sydney Derby was the biggest ticket item in Australian club sport. Now, Victorians listening to this will probably go for... <laughs> Given that the Aussie Rules clashes are tectonic, they're mighty on a weekly basis. Yeah. No, no one's debating that. They're, they're to be envied completely. But there's something special about the Sydney Football Derby. Um, the Aussie Rules one doesn't cut it. Like The Giants and the Swans is a non entity, really, yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're just in the market. We're talking here. But, but But when it's going, Sydney and the Wanderers is something to see. And I think we're going to get one on Saturday night. I really do. The Wanderers, to me, are shaping up as the best alternative to challenge Melbourne City um, for the title this year. Um, and Sydney FC, with all their glorious history, are, are struggling to stay in contention with the top teams. Um, and in the two derbies to date this season, both home teams have lost. So those don't portent well for Sydney, who really need to win to keep their finals run going. And the Wanderers... They're in great nick at the moment, and they're not far away from firing on all cylinders. Really, it's going to be a huge one on Saturday night. It really is.
1: For mine, you don't hear the word guffaw enough, so I appreciate you using that with <laughs> us, uh, Andy. Uh, yeah, um, before I let you go, uh, this time yeah. last week, if memory serves me correct, you were willing yeah. to give Melbourne victory just yeah. one last chance. Now, yeah. surely, now after a two-one no. defeat to Western United, put a fork in them.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Done. Yeah, they're getting they're getting ready for the baster. But, right. But, um, They've got to they avoid the wooden spoon. Oh, I can't think um, for Melbourne Victory to confront a cataclysm, a cataclysm, there's another one for you, of, of this club to have two wooden spoons in three seasons, unimaginable. Hmm. And mate, they'll be, they'll, they'll be, they have to be doing everything they can over and beyond the normal platitudes to ensure that this great club uh, doesn't have that fate come across them it's just a shocking thought that victory would finish wooden spooners once let alone twice in three years completely unimaginable uh the finals are now gone um i have been hanging out based on the quality of what they've been doing in difficult circumstances but they just they just don't have enough games left now uh, but they do have enough games left to save their reputation uh and that's what they've got to put, put all their effort to doing
1: Gaffor, Cataclysm, and Porton. Let's not forget Porton either. That was that's your, That's your trio of offerings today. Andy, love our chats right. each and every week, mate. Appreciate it.
0: I like uh, joining your program. Thanks, Sam. Good on you.